Yes. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Kick off NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Join today. Get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed. All you got to do is place your first $5 bet. Sign up with promo code 2400 to get in on the action, and then you can turn game day into payday all season long. And the best part, take that 150 in free bets. There's big games every weekend, ones you'll have big opinions on, and you can get on your way. Play your way. Bet on more than just the final score. Wager on everything from touchdowns to total yards to catches. You name it, FanDuel's got more markets than anybody. You can even combine your bets for a chance of a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code 2400. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and up in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued non-withdrawable. Free bets that expire in 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms. Sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com forward slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org forward slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York, Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. It's time. It's time for kickoff. Kickoff. First in the end zone. Touchdown! With Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. And welcome in it is kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. It is fall. There's a chill in the air. It is elite flannel season. Boomer, how are you? I'm doing great, Mike, and you do have your flannels on. It is week four of the NFL season, and I have to tell you, some really interesting games. And remember, we also have a game in uh, London, 930 on Sunday morning. You so like that? I do like it. I like football, man. I could watch it 24-7, honestly. I don't mind it. I just wish the matchups were better when they do it. Well, you know, the other thing, too, is, well, we'll get to that game a little bit later on, but, you know, you have another injured quarterback in that game that is playing injured. At least that's what the reports are, just, just like we had Thursday night with the Dolphins and Tua Tungabailoa. Let's get right into it. Let's yep. hit the rundown. This, this is the NFL Rundown. Well, Boomer brought it up. Let's talk about it. I think everybody saw it. It was a really tough scene with Tua. Um Boomer, I, mean, I guess give me your spin on this, uh, and then we'll we'll get into kind of the reality here. Well, it's not really a spin. It's it's the reality of what the situation is. You know, they have these independent neurologists on the sidelines. So Tua, Tua gets hurt last Sunday versus the Bills, and he comes back in and plays the entire second half without a problem. 
He is not showing any signs of a concussion. And after the game, Mike McDaniel says it wasn't a concussion. It was a back injury that he suffered on a, um, a quarterback sneak. And then later on, Matt Milano pushed him to the ground and he snapped his head back. And, and that's when he showed signs of what looked like to be a concussion. Now, any, uh, I guess, observer of the game and watching that, you would also say that was a concussion-like reaction in the Bills game. And lo and behold, they said it wasn't. So all week long leading up to the Bengal game, he seemed to be fine. No symptoms. Now, I had three concussions that I know of in my NFL career, and they all came with severe uh, symptoms. Uh, You're not yourself. uh, You can't go outside. uh, You have just amazing headaches. Uh, And one I took against the Bills, I was throwing up for about a week. So there were all these symptoms and signs. And, you know, his former teammate, Ryan Fitzpatrick, said on Thursday night, after the injury that he had spoken to Tua the night before, and he had never seen him happier. So there was no sign of any sort of symptom. And I know the the, the New Yorker in me says, come on. The optics of it. It's bad. It's, and it's a short turnaround. It it's, wasn't even Sunday to Sunday. Yeah, but he played in the second half of the Bills I game know, after I, he got injured. Boomer, none of it makes sense from the outside mm-hmm. looking in. Only they know. And, that, and look, my thing is, what goes into one of these investigations? I have no idea. Well, I would think that now with the independent neurologist on the sideline, there's somebody up in the, in the press box that's a spotter looking at players all game long. That's all they're uh, required to do or responsible to do. And the independence of the neurologist on the sideline or the head trauma person on the sideline is vetted. You know, they're not a fan of either team. And whatever they say goes. And they put the player through protocol. Now, one of the reasons they've done that, Mike, is because we as players are our own worst enemies. Correct. Because we want to play. We want to be out there with our team. So the investigation will include the previous uh, doctor on the sideline at the Miami Bills game. And, of course, to his own words. And, of course, the coach's words, which I think are kind of unique because he's a unique coach. And now he's finding out what it means to be up there in front of the cameras trying to explain this to the fans who want who want answers, and they want them from him. Yeah, and the coming days are going to be real interesting, how that gets handled, because there's the actuality and then there's the optics. I and Miami to- has got to figure this out because I'm telling you, any misstep moving forward, they are going to get killed. Well, and I they're guarantee in trouble. I guarantee you that the NFL put a memo out to every training staff, every doctor, every owner, that this has to be handled a certain way. And I know for a fact on the NFL today on Sunday, you know, our crew will talk about it. I'm sure the Fox crew will talk about it. The NBC crew will talk about it Sunday night. The visual was, that was tough. Um, This is my overreaction of the week. So you can go ahead and let's bat this around. Boomer, a smart man told me, I know what these teams are after about four weeks. All right. I think I know what the Bengals are. That is not a team that's going to win the division. That is not a team that's going to go far into playoffs. And I'm, I am just, I am done with that offensive line. I don't think the Bengals are, are, are that good at all. Well, you know, Joe Burrow came out after the game on Thursday night and said that his offensive line played great. He had all the time in the world, and they're still trying to figure it out. And that person who told you about four to five to six weeks was me, of course. Because that is correct. Uh, and I do believe that when Joe Burrow said it two weeks ago before they played the Jets, just relax. They are 2-0 and since that time. He just doesn't look that sharp to me. No. And, you know, Jamar Chase is not involved enough for my liking. So they'll get better as the season goes on. This is one of these teams you got to remember. They were seven and six last year, and they went all the way to the Super Bowl once he found you know his footing, his rhythm. And you have to remember he is coming off of an appendectomy in, in training camp. 
So I don't think he's 100%, but I feel a lot better about him after the last two games, and now he'll have 10 days off until their next game. What does concern me, though? I mean, on the year, Joe Mixon, 2.7 yards a game. Not enough, and, and the brutal. offensive line has got to figure it out. There's no question about that. Four new players on that offensive line, and the, the lone holdover was the left tackle. So the other four guys are all trying to figure this whole thing yeah. out. So and Jonah Williams has struggled. Um, yes. All right, I need you to help me with coaching. You know nothing drives me crazy like coaching malfeasance in end-of-half or end-of-game situations. I want to bring up Dan Campbell. Everybody's darling. He's the wrestling character. He's exciting. Boomer, help me. End of the game against Minnesota. I- I- explain the idea of fourth and four. You've gone for it half a dozen times. You're on the opponent's 36. You're asking your kicker now to go and kick a career long. There had been three kicks missed in that end of the field in Minnesota, some kind of wind tunnel or whatever it was. The windows are open. <laughs> okay, yes. Um, you can punt, you can go for it, or you can kick the field goal. He does that. And then when Minnesota's going to spike the ball, gives them a timeout. Only to get toasted on the next play for the help me understand that process. It's it's a mess, and this is why Nathaniel Hackett got somebody up in the booth to help him manage the game because you know just because you're a good communicator with your players, your players like you, you're old school like Dan Campbell. Running a game is a completely different set of circumstances, and you got to be a smart guy and you got to understand decision making. The one thing that Dan, I'll give Dan Campbell credit for is that after the game was over. He did take credit for making the wrong decision because it didn't work out. I hated that call. I I hated it too. I would have went for it. I mean, all the analytics would tell you to go for it. Right. Uh, it's kind of. I feel like I'm with uh, Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson in Week One against the Seattle Seahawks. It's fourth and five. Are you going to attempt this 58 yard field goal? Yeah, I think outside. This was like 64. Or 64 yard field. That's right. So yeah. So we've seen two kind of novice head coaches blow the most important decisions of the game, and those important decisions are always in the fourth quarter. And believe you me, I sit there with Coach Cower every Sunday on the NFL today, and I scream at him when a coach makes a mistake like that. Okay, so you and I are in lockstep. We're all in the same thing. Because, again, he's doing everything right. He is. They play for this guy. And I know people in America don't watch the Lions a lot, but Hard Knocks kind of introduced him to the world. We all love him. This is what's killing him, though. This is at least the fourth time this has happened in his year plus yeah and i'm not so sure that they don't have anybody that's helping him i mean bill belichick for a long time had a trusted ally that would help him manage games in important situations do i take a safety here do we let the team score you know do i do i punt do i go for it uh you know everybody remembers the game where the patriots were playing the the colts and it was like a fourth and five on their side of the 50 yeah. and Bill went for it and they didn't make it. That was like his own 33 or something yeah, like or that. Something it was like unheard that. of at yes. the time. And, and he didn't make it. And then after the game, all the media is like, why did you punt that ball? He goes, because we couldn't stop Peyton Manning. And the only way I can stop him is by keeping him on the sideline. So every coach has had somebody that has helped them manage games, especially nowadays because of all of the scrutiny that's out there. Yeah. It's like a blackjack card. Exactly. If you don't know what you're doing, reference the card. Go hire an Ivy League nerd, put him on a Velcro right next to you, and go, Bob, what do I do? What's the move, Bob? Pull the card out. All right. Well, you can have him up in the booth with a headset on. Whatever you you want. He has a direct line to you when you have these situations arise. Cowboys, don't laugh. The DAC injury actually helped them in one way. They had to look in the mirror. 
They had to simplify, run the football, play good defense, and Cooper, we're going to ask you to make a, a big throw six to eight times a game. Am I insane for t- for that being the takeaway from the DAC injury? No, I think you're pretty right. And if you remember, two weeks ago, we talked about Cooper Rush taking over for DAC after the injury. And I told you that Mike McCarthy could be coaching for his life, for his job, essentially. And winning two games with a backup quarterback and that backup quarterback looking the way yeah. he has looked Calmed has been down. terrific. But the other aspect of all of this, and I think this is where you really are truly accurate, is that the entire team had to raise their level of play. Now, maybe C.D. Lamb hasn't, but I will say that that what's defense, I, didn't, I, don't, I don't know what's up with him, but I don't know what, I didn't realize that the Dallas defense was as good as it is. Well, you played the Giants O-line, you and I could get a couple of pressures. <laughs> yeah, I know you're a Giant fan, and we'll talk about that too, but um, it's just like their defense has taken over against the Bengals yep. and against the Giants, and yes, you could say that when they played these two teams, the offensive lines were subpar, and both teams were worried about where uh, you know, Micah Parsons was. And Demarcus Lawrence certainly took advantage of the Giants. But I look, I, I'm happy for Cooper Rush. I'm happy for Mike McCarthy. Uh, and it's going to make an interesting Jerry Jones weekly conversation. He on his already radio made shows. the comment. Now, yes. what do you now? I know that's Jarrah stirring the pot a little. It's what he likes to do. It's his oxygen. You don't put any stock behind that, though, do he, you? He wants a better play out of his quarterback. I do put a lot of stock in it. Uh-oh. I, you know, when you hear coaches speaking through the media, this in this case, it's an owner yeah. who thinks he's a coach. Uh, I think there's something to it. Even though Mike McCarthy had to come out and say that Dak Prescott is our quarterback when he is ready to go and he is healthy. All right, I got to ask you about this because it was one of the weirdest things I'd ever seen. Seattle, you're watching the game. You're in the witching hour, right? Yes. You're watching games. And all of a sudden... They got a spaceship floating inside the stadium in Seattle. A drone stoppage for an unlicensed flying object. Mm. i never seen it before, but I know you've got something in your career that's enticing here. I got, I got a million things in my career that could be enticing that uh, is kind of interesting. But it, it also involves Seattle. It goes all the way back to December 10th, 1989. We were playing the Seahawks in Riverfront Stadium. The week before, there was a snowball throwing incident in Cleveland. And it made headlines all over the place. So, lo and behold, we're playing Seattle. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks are backed up on their own one-yard line. They got 99 yards to go. And people are throwing snowballs from the stands up in Riverfront. Our coach, Sam Weish, runs across the field because only in Cincinnati could you do this. The PA announcer is standing on the field. He's not up in a booth. He's walking on the sideline of the opposing team. Sam runs all the way across the sideline onto the sideline of the Seattle Seahawks takes the microphone and lambastes the fans and say, you don't live in Cleveland, you live in Cincinnati. And I'm like standing on our sideline going, that's our head coach on their sideline of an NFL game. Stealing the microphone. Yelling at our own fans. I'm like, I've never seen anything like this. And you probably won't see it again. Uh, You know what? I love Sam and Sam's memory. And, you know, of course we lost him. Um, Man, it was never a dull moment with that coach. So, yeah, I, I've been in some very weird situations, and that one being probably the weirdest. Let me go uh, – let's go with the Niners here. Okay. Everybody and, – and I agreed with the take. Everyone got real comfortable. Okay, Jimmy G's here mm-hmm. now. They'll be better in the short term. I'm sorry. I, 
he has not looked that great. And the minute they lost Trent Williams against Denver, they ceased the ability to function. Where are we at here with Jimmy G? So you're smart. You said, you see what happens when you lose Trent Williams, one of the best left tackles in football? He's unbelievable. He is. And when you lose one of those guys and you pay him that much money and then you're going against like a Bradley Chubb. Look out. All, all of a sudden, look out. And that's exactly what happened with Demarcus Lawrence and Evan Neal because Evan Neal's not ready yet for the Giants. But is it Jimmy G's fault or is it the injury's fault? Can it be both? I, I think it could be both, but I think Jimmy's definitely got to play better. Remember, he's coming off of shoulder surgery. Remember, they had basically kicked him out of the building. Remember that he got no practice time, right. no preseason game time, and he's just really just starting to round into shape. So I still think that they are a very, very good team. I want. I, I got to ask you about Zach Wilson, I, and it's a theory. And I, I obviously, I'm not a big fan of Zach Wilson, but I think this oh, really? is a real unfair spot. Hold on, I'll give the Why kid a chance. Why is this an unfair spot? Well, because I feel like the second the, overall draft pick I for know, God's sake. But Stop I feel, feeling sorry for hold people. Hold on, a kid hasn't played. You're hurt. You now come back after it's been established this team is bad and maybe this regime's losing its grip and they're going to throw him out against Mike Tomlin on the road. Is the entire fate of this regime on this kid? Yes, and uh, we here at WFAN in New York have talked about it incessantly that they really need a standout performance by Zach Wilson. What's up, everybody? I'm hosting a new podcast, No Mercy, with Stephen A. Smith. That's no, spelled K-N-O-W, Mercy. Listen, as I pull back the curtain on all things beyond the world of sports, my No Mercy podcast will be three new episodes every week, making this podcast a great one to add to your weekly routine. On No Mercy, I'll be interviewing influential guests, outspoken celebrities, and thought leaders across the political, financial, and social spectrum. I'll be sharing my thoughts on social issues, politics, and beyond. The goal is to keep an open dialogue, of course. I want to spark your curiosity and give you answers from a different perspective. You know me. I'll give you my unbiased opinion on breaking news and entertainment stories that'll leave you motivated and informed. Don't worry. I'll always offer my comments about what's going on in the sports world, too. A No Mercy episode drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. No Mercy with Stephen A. Smith. A presentation of Cadence 13 and Odyssey Studio. Available on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcast. I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, MoneyWise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcasts. So Trevor Lawrence went through hell last year with Urban Meyer. This year with Doug Peterson, he looks like a completely different player, and he looks like the uh, Trevor Lawrence that should have been the number one overall draft pick out of Clemson. He looks so good. Man. Well, this is what you know Zach Wilson has to be now. He's been in this uh, offense for two years. They have so many more playmakers around him. You know, I'm I'm a little bit more bullish on him than than you are. I know you're totally in the toilet on him, but I I I want to see the kid play. I really haven't seen him, and I was expecting so much out of him coming into this second year. I hope he doesn't get hurt again. I want to see him play the rest of the season. And all he has to do is just have a good game so the Jet fan has something to root for because that's where they are as an organization Well, he's, right he's the window to hope. If he at least plays well, you can forgive the team for the shortcomings. You have hope that he can develop into something. and I, it's, I think that's where the Jaguar fan is. It's not as yeah. passionate a fan base as the Jet or the size uh, no. of the fan base. It's not even close. 
But now they see Trevor Lawrence because they had questions about Trevor Lawrence coming into no the season. No questions. And by the way, the Buffalo Bills had questions about Josh Allen coming into his yeah. second and third season. Yeah, he was only completing about 50% of his passes. And, and now all of a sudden he's probably, if not the best, one of the top three most offensive, responsible players in the league. I mean, it just generates points and yards just at just – at will, it seems like. And they may be in the game of the week. We, we, this is a redemption week <laughs> for Zach Wilson, for many quarterbacks, for us. Because this man over here wants to pick every game. So here we are, and we need to turn this around. We will do the picks next. It is kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. Now, back to kickoff with Boomer, Asiasen, and Mike Valenti. All right, welcome back. It is kickoff. Mistakes were made. Uh, we both six and nine last week. We are both sub 500. This is why I didn't want to pick every game. But here we are, and we are on to week four. Are you prepared? Yeah, this passive aggressive, like <laughs> angling towards it's my fault that we're picking every game uh, is getting a little old. And well, we're only you know what's old? Week four here. You know what's old? What's Watching old? Michigan State secondary. Enjoy your Maryland win tomorrow. Let's do the picks. Picks of the week. All right, let's start with the Boomer game, the London Bowl. Vikings laying two and a half, taking on the Saints. Boomer. So we were talking about Jameis Winston earlier in the show about he's got supposedly four fractures in his back, and he's playing football. Now, where does that come from? It does not come from the team. The team cannot put that kind of stuff out. So this has either got to come from Jameis himself to Jay Glazer of Fox Sports, or it's got to come from his agent or somebody that is in his corner. He's not 100%. Michael Thomas is not playing in this game. I am taking the Vikings over in London. It's not going to be a pretty game for the Saints, but I'll take the Vikings. Yeah, so you just you just said it. I, I like the Saints defense still shows up to play. There's there's This is a weird deal with Justin Jefferson. There's, there's just something not right with new offense. The connection's not there. I, I don't want to hear about Jeffrey Okuda shutting down Justin Jefferson, although he played well. Uh, I'm going to take Saints here. Why? Because okay. it makes no sense. Well, yeah, okay. Let's go to game two. Seahawks getting four and a half. They travel to Detroit. Yeah, I'm going to take the Lions here. And uh, you're probably laughing at me. But, I'm not. You know, the thing The thing about the Lions is they score points. I don't care what anybody says. Seahawks with uh, with Geno Smith, at quarterback, you know, they've struggled. He struggled. Everybody has kind of predicted that it was going to be a long year for the Seahawks. I think that's starting to bear itself out. And I do like the Lions, even though – you know, your coach, Dan Campbell, makes some mistakes at times. I still think that Jared Goff generates enough points, and I think they'll cover here. I agree in a normal spot. Here's the problem. You want to talk injuries, Booms? DeAndre Swift is out as of taping. We don't know where Amon Ross St. Brown stands. Frank Ragnall's dinged up. Jonah Jackson on the offensive line. I, I just can't. I'm terrified that Geno Smith, this is nightmare fuel. I pray the Lions win for what I do day-to-day, yeah. -day, but I will take the points here with Seattle. Okay. Browns, Atlanta. Browns laying a point and a half on the road. Talk to me. All right, I'm taking the Dirty Birds. Yes. And I like the Dirty yes. Birds because the Artie Party actually has played well. Marcus Mariota's played well. They run the ball effectively. They have a quick uh, kind of sudden strike defense. They've kept games close. Um, and like it's like the under-the-radar team of the year. They're, they're bad, but they're fun. Yes, and I can deal with close. that. Yes, yes, I can too. And plus, I don't think Miles Garrett is going to play in this game. Uh, and Jacoby Brissett has not been great. And you know what? Here, spell it out. We can keep it simple for people too. Jacoby Brissett favored on the road. No, thank you. 
No. They'll run the ball with uh, Chubb and Hunt, and they'll try to, you know, just control the game that way. It could, this could be one of those slugfest games. We are Arthur Smith guys on this program. Seems like it. I dig it. Let's go <laughs> Commanders. Getting three and a half at Dallas. You know what to do. Ah, uh, you want me to take the uh, you want me to take the road dog here? No, I don't. I <laughs> want you to stay away from Carson Wentz. I want to stay away from the game completely. The, well, you're the one who wants to pick him. Yeah, I know that, but you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna ride with the Dallas defense. Good. And and uh, the last quarter, there are two quarterbacks in Dallas Cowboy history that started their career three and zero. You know who they are? Well, for the sake of time, and that it's not Jeopardy, hit me. Uh, Roger Staubach did that. Right, and I, I, I believe I want to say Tony Romo was the other guy that did that. I'm not sure, but one other guy did that, and hopefully Cooper Rush does that. Listen, Cowboys, there are two quarterbacks that have this variance I can't even figure out. High ceiling, low floor. It's Wentz, mm-hmm. and it's Kyler Murray. And there is no way after what I've seen from Wentz against pass rushes this year, I can't do it. Very good point. So we're both taking the Cowboys. Yes. All right. You want to opt out of that game? I want to. I want to hit the transfer portal on this one. <laughs> Titans getting three and a half at the Colts. You figure this one out? Yeah. You know, I, I, I usually three and a half is is a game which means it, it's a field goal game one way or the other. I, I I'm going to take the Titans in the three and a half. If it were if it were two and a half, I would take the Colts. I think the Colts are going to win, but I think it's going to be like by a field goal. Yeah, and, and I you, don't like how the Colts' offense looks, even though they won last week. They got a break late in that game last week with an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs because he said something unkind to Matt Ryan or something after a play. I've never heard of that. I just hope both teams have fun. I don't know. Listen, here's the problem. I had the Colts last week, but the Chiefs lost that game more than the Colts won it. Vrabel, I think, is 4-1 and one against Frank Reich. I, I'll just I'll take the Titans, but that is a game I want no part of until you see the next game which is really something you want no part of. Bears getting three at MetLife against the G-Men. Hey, you may as well flip a coin on this thing. Well, I will say the best player on the field will be Saquon Barkley. There's no question about that. No. And it's probably going to be raining on Sunday here in New York. Uh, I don't think either team's passing game is all that good. Giants got all sorts of injuries at wide receiver. Bears don't even throw the ball. Justin Fields has thrown the ball 45 times in three games. How is that possible? Well, it's possible because Luke Getze, their offensive coordinator, sees him really struggling. And he's down on himself. And that's the worst thing that could ever happen to a starting quarterback in the NFL. you got to be the alpha male. You're the one that's always got to be above all the negativity around you and the team. you got to carry yourself a certain way. I I don't like what I see, and when I watch him play, I think he's predetermining things, and I think he's forcing things, and I think he's got his confidence in the toilet right now. So I'm taking the Giants, and I'll lay the points. I know we're picking the games, but I want to ask one yeah. question, because from my perspective, but isn't that Getsy's job? We're going to get you in rhythm. We're going to get you some easy throws early. Let's Let's get you feeling good. Scheme it up a little. Yes, it is. Uh, you know, they don't have great skill people. Um, no. You know, Khalil Herbert's actually a pretty good back. And I like and I love this performance last week against Houston. It's kind of like it's going to look like that game last week. So it's going to be close. It's going to be tight. Somebody's going to win this game late. But I just think that the Giants have a little bit more offense, believe it or not, Giant fans out there, than the Bears do. The Bears have been one of the worst offenses in football. Their passing game is non-existent. And I don't like the way that Justin Fields is playing. No, I'll go Giants, but man, you give up 24 pressures. I, I have Evan Neal PTSD, but we got to give the young guy time. Let's go with America's team, the Jaguars, getting six and a half at the. I love this team, Boomer. Uh, getting six and a half in Philly. What do you got? You know what? Uh, I know. I, I feel like 
I should go against everything that I'm feeling right now because can I believe what I saw last week from the Jaguars against the Chargers? Now, I picked the Jaguars last week to beat the Chargers. So I'm going to go on that Jaguar train again and keep this game close. I don't think they'll win the game. But I think Doug Peterson revenge spot, if you oh, want to go that way. Oh. Uh, I'll go that way. I just think that nobody realizes just how good the running game for the Jaguars is and how good this young defense is. The one-two punch of Robinson and ATN has been way better than I imagined. And Robinson is off a catastrophic injury. How about Walker and Allen? And that's not a law firm. That's a, uh, a pass-rushing duo that they have down in Jacksonville that are young kids that can stay with Jalen Hurts. It becomes a law firm when you go Walker, Allen, and Lloyd. Don't sleep on Devin Lloyd. Um, I'm doing it just because I want it to happen, and I you're giving me the six and a half. I love what I see from Trevor Lawrence as well. Give me the Jags. All right. America's team. Sounds good. Jets getting three and a half. They travel to Pittsburgh. Do it. I'm taking the Jets and the points. There it is. And the reason I'm doing that is because what has Mitch Trubisky and the offense of the Steelers done? Absolutely nothing. But then again, I have no idea what Zach Wilson's going to do. But I'm a little bit, like I said earlier in the you're show. You're bullish on him. That's I'm okay. more bullish on him than you are, and I, I think that – Wilson to Wilson. I like that. I like the way that feels. And I think we're going to see some big plays out of those two kids versus this defense without TJ Watt. No, you're right. And again, Steelers, just an interesting stat. Steelers in games without TJ Watt, 0-6. Does it mean they'll lose here? No, but it's interesting. I'm going to take the Steelers based on road game. Kid has not played serious rust for Wilson. And the Steelers defense... They confuse the hell out of you. And Zach, no disrespect, gets easily confused. Yeah, and plus backup tackles for the Jets. So I can understand where you're coming from. All right, chart this was this boomer, you know what to do. Chargers laying five and a half at Houston. You know what to do. Redemption week. Take the Chargers. No, <laughs> no, the exact opposite. See, I'm thinking redemption week because the Chargers have had a long week. They were embarrassed by the Jaguars last week. Lovey's team can't finish a game. I know. They, they just can't finish a game. They can, the they, they'll stay in the game. They'll stay in the game. They'll stay in the game. And then all of a sudden, they'll figure out a way to lose the game. And I know it's a lot of points. But I got to believe that the football <laughs> player in me tells me that the Chargers are going to be, are just, have had a rough week. And they will bounce back. So I'm going to lay the points and take the Chargers. And I, I, on a real level, no sarcasm. I feel bad for the Chargers. You know, they have a great roster. This is this is a year I think the hopes are incredibly high. The injury, it's just not fair at this point. Well, I would also say this is one of those teams that you know in the second half of the season is going to be right back in the yeah. mix. And with all these teams, like Miami losing on Thursday night, you know, think about the AFC and the playoffs and all this different stuff that's happening and tiebreakers. There's a lot of football left to be played, and I think this is one of the teams that's going to be in the playoffs when it's all over said and done. Texans, give me the five and a half. They are a cockroach. You can't kill them. Davis Mills is a cockroach leader. I like that. That's it, man, but you can't kill them. Give me the five and a half. All right, cards. This is the rat line of the week. Cards getting to at Carolina. I'm taking my man, Kyler Murray. No. Yes. (laughs) Kyler Murray wins away from home. I'm telling you. At home, something goes on with him, and I'm not really sure about what it is. But there's something about Kyler Murray. And and the fact is, I don't know. Like, I'd feel a lot better if Christian McCaffrey were playing. 
and I don't think he's going to play in this no. game. I'd feel better if any Cardinal wide receiver were healthy. I know that. I just – it's a weird spot. I Normally we would not pick this game, but because we have to pick all these games. Why do we have to pick all these games? I don't know. Panthers. All right, you take the Panthers, I'll I take the Cardinals. All right. We're really helping the listening audience. This there, is perfect. Yes. No, I, I, look, Patriots getting nine and a half at Green Bay. The Brian Hoyer experience. <laughs> a lot of points, Boomer. Yeah, it is a lot of points. I'm not, you know, look at what Lamar Jackson did to these guys last week. I mean, the, oh, man. Let's just ride the lightning. Let's take one public favorite. Okay. Packers. Let's take the Packers. That's it. Settled. This game I have no right to select. I am simply taking what you take because Nathaniel Hackett is the Antichrist. Broncos getting to at Vegas. It doesn't matter if I pick Hackett, he loses. If I pick against him, he wins. I'm taking Vegas, man. Done. They're not going 0-4. There's no way they're going 0-4. You got the coach meeting with the owner. You got Devontae Adams squawking. I'll go I'll go Raiders. You talk about you. pressure points. This is a huge pressure point for Josh McDaniels and Derek Carr. It has not looked good. The Broncos' defense has been really good. Really excellent. Uh, their running game is good, but Russell Wilson is still struggling. And wait till still. they wait till they get the All-Pro safety Simmons back. Yeah. So I'm look. I think it's a low-scoring game, but I think I like. I, I feel like the Vegas Raiders are going to get their first win of the season. Chiefs laying two and a half in Tampa. The game is in Tampa. No Minnesota move. What do you got? I'm taking the home dog here with Tom Brady, and it looks like Mike Evans should be back. There's the emotion of Hurricane Ian, all of the things that are gone into that, and I know that there's a lot of the from a football perspective anyway, a distraction for the Tampa team because they had to go to Miami and go practice and all that other stuff. But they're all aware of it. You know, when you read all their comments about coming back and they were glad to hear that they were going to be able to play in their home stadium, I, I think they will give a mammoth effort for the region. That's that's how I feel about it. That's that's my football player instinct. I'm good with it. And Mike I'm going to go with it, back yes. too. And, and look, that looks like a Vegas trap line. Hey. I'll give you the Chiefs under a field goal. And it's like that commercial where the guy's got the dollar on the fishing pole. Got you a dollar and he rips it away. Tampa, Monday night. This game hurts my soul. Rams getting two and a half at San Francisco. This this kills me. It does kill you. Um, I know what is, I want to do. I know what I want to do, too. I want to take the Rams, but I can't. I got I to gotta take the 49ers. They are the kryptonite for I, Sean McVay. They are. They get, they get after, for whatever reason, his defense – or Shanahan's defense gets after McVay's offense. And, you know, quarterbacks can tend to be a little skittish against the 49ers. And I don't like that Rams O-line and that at defense, all. Right. And that defense has played well for San Francisco. It's the offense where the problems are. Um, I, I think you know, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the 49ers over the Rams here. I just if you close your eyes for a moment I and will. you just imagine uh-huh. what that offense looked like without Trent Williams. Right. That is my only – all I see is Jimmy G in his high-top shoes pitter-pattering around. I'm going to go with the Niners, okay. but I'm telling you, I'm terrified. Yeah, but, you know, you can't do this. When you make a pick, especially of a game of this magnitude with these two teams within the division, this the intensity of it, oh. where the 49ers are right now, I think they're one of the teams that will be in the mix towards the end of the year once Jimmy G gets yes. his feet underneath him. I will take the Niners. Okay. I will just, take just, the Niners. You know, Feel it, man. Conviction, redemption, full heart, clear mind, can't lose. Best of the best coming up. I've got a stock exchange for Boomer and the final word. All coming up next on Kickoff with Boomer and Valeni. Now, back to Kickoff with Boomer, Asiasen, and Mike Valenti. All right, welcome back. Let let uh, This is the best game of the week. We always save this for the last segment. Let's do the best of the best. 
This week's best of the best of the best of the this best week's of best of the best. Bills laying three and a half, traveling to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Boomer. You know, I'm going to take the Bills here, and uh, I know the Bills uh, have some injuries and have you some problems. My heart. Okay. Uh, I don't know why I'm breaking your heart, and I don't know why you're worried about what I'm picking or why I'm Because I'm trying to – I'm a team player. I'm trying to get us back where we need to be. And here's the, here's the deal. You know, uh, Josh Allen – well, both Josh and Lamar, both. I mean, they can go by their first names only. Are, are terrific offensive players. They generate a lot of offense. I'm thinking high scoring here. Um, I'm thinking Buffalo. You know, listen, they come, they come off of a tough loss. And the way I look at it is that Josh Allen usually rebounds from, uh, you know, said losses. And, you know, Lamar's been playing great, but I think this is a game where maybe Buffalo gets out ahead and let's see if Baltimore can come from behind to win a game. I'm going to take the points, and here's why. Look, there's a chance of some – and I'm not going to do like Doppler mic radar here, but there's a chance of some real inclement weather in this game, at least what the forecast says. The Bills not only – Don't run the ball. They can't run the ball. The Ravens are electric at running. Well, Lamar is, and but then again, so is Josh Allen. Right. I just I I love the home dog in this spot. Lamar's on a revenge tour. We talked about the contract a few weeks ago. He's number one in almost every category. He's betting on himself and he's winning. I gotta take the points here. I'm I just cannot lay three and a half with the Bills on. You know, and don't think that. You know, the quarterbacks don't know who they're playing against. They know. Yes. Uh, everybody's aware of what everybody is doing in the league. And you know, even though I'm not on the field against you, I am playing against yeah. you. So if I was playing against Jim Kelly or Phil Sims or Dan Marino, I, I knew who that other guy was. And I knew that I wanted to outplay him if I could. Extra juice. Right. And I do think that that's the game within a game here between these two teams. But I do think Buffalo does have a fast defense. I will say that front seven is good. How healthy? Uh <clears throat> Isn't that the question for every team this year? Yes, but like Bills, Charge, certain teams are getting ravaged. And they have been one of the teams, especially with their secondary. They almost beat Miami. And they and by the way, against Miami, they rolled up 500 yards, gave yeah. up about 250 yards, and lost the game. What was the stat? I think Miami was it – was, it's only happened like once or twice in the last 40 years where a team has run under 40 plays and won a game. 39 snaps for Miami and won a game. Yeah, like 90 snaps for Buffalo. Crazy. So they're fine. They lost a bad game. It was a terrible game. And believe you me, they'll be ready to roll again this week. There's a level of confidence that I see with both of these quarterbacks in this game that lead me to believe we're going to be you know, maybe one of the highest scoring games of the week. All right. I want to do the stock exchange. So the rules are this, Boomer. You take into account where the team is at. You can roll into injuries. You can roll in if you think they're going to recover or not. You have to tell me whether you're going to buy sell, or hold if these teams were stocks as we move forward? I got you. Chargers. Uh, Recession-proof. Recession-proof. That's what I should say. Uh, I think Justin Herbert's a little banged up. He's hurt. Uh, I know that they have a good team. They have a rebuilt defense. It's taking a little time, but they'll be fine. I am I am basically You're buying. Buying. Okay, you want more Bolts stock. Yes. Eagles. Buying them 100%. Love Jalen Hurts. He's right in the middle of the MVP uh, discussion here a quarter of the way through the season. Like their defense, I think Howie Roseman has done an unbelievable job building around his young quarterback and spending money where he could spend it. So I am buying and holding on to the Eagles. Are you ready to say that they would be your pick to win the NFC? Or are you, you holding off on that? 
I'm still, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be one of the top four teams for sure in the NFC. Maybe they make it to the NFC championship game. I still think, you know, the Bucks are going to be a team to reckon with. They need the home field. If the Eagles can get home field and you bring Tom up to your place in January in Philly, that I, I you know the Bucks have just got to get healthy on offense. That's their problem. They need time. Mike Evans. They need wide receivers. They got to get their healthy offensive line. But I still think you see their defense. The defense is about oh, as good elite. as anybody in the league. Absolutely yes. elite. All right, Rams. Rams. Ah, this is a good one. I got them to pause. You know what? I, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna hold right now. I'm not gonna panic. You know, we got a little inflation going on, a little recession going on. Uh, there's going to be some injuries. They may get beat by the 49ers this week. But I, I still believe in the guy who's managing the money there, and that is Sean McVay. So I'm going to hold. And the division, look, Niners are the only threat. Arizona stinks. Seattle stinks. It, it's gone through a little transition. So right. they can probably tread water for a while. All mm-hmm. right. Now this one, dicey based on what happened Thursday night, the health of Tua, but Dolphins. So my financial advisor called me this morning and said, you know what, this does not look good. Uh, I'm thinking we need to sell the Dolphins right now. You're and out. That's it? I know Eddie Scazzeri, who works on this show with us, behind the glass, on the other side of the glass, as they say in the biz, is a huge Dolphins fan, and he hasn't heard me say this yet. Oh, no. But depending on the long-term prospects for Tua, I worry about this. That's why I'm selling right now. And... It's also all-time hype train. I mean, they've been a darling. Everyone loves McDaniel. Everyone now loves Tua, Tyreek, Waddle, the sunglasses in the locker room. Yeah, I'm with you. It bums me out because I want them to do good. I love Tua, but I'm scared for him. Um, America's team, the Jaguars. You know, I'm holding. I'm holding, man. And the reason I'm holding is I see growth. And where I see growth, I want to hold on to that. And I think that that growth is going to – make me an even smarter analyst as we get through this year. And the Jaguars are going to be one of those really like penny stocks that I chose at the beginning of the year. And they're going to, and they're going to pay off at the end of the year. Is it, is it, I know it's early, but I look divisionally. That's the point. Huge opportunity. And I know we all talked, Hey, the AFC's loaded. We list out all the teams. Is it crazy to think the Jags are an in-the-graphic team in December, meaning in the hunt, yes. little logo? Yes, 100%. So let me ask you, out of the four quarterbacks that are starting in the AFC South, which one would you want to start your team with right now? Between Tannehill, Ryan, T- Davis Mills, and J- yeah, Trevor. Trevor Lawrence. No doubt. And how about the Trevor Lawrence-Doug Peterson combination? Here's the other one. Hold on. Do this exercise for a minute in the whole AFC. Okay. So you have Mahomes, you have Allen, you have Herbert. Okay. Wouldn't Trevor Lawrence be fourth? Uh, uh, yeah, because it's not Russell Wilson. It's not Hell Derek no. Carr. Hell no. Uh, Joe Burrow could be in there. Okay. But would it be crazy Lamar if Jackson, you opted for Trev? Uh, I mean, like, you know, if you're starting a team and you want a youth movement, then, then you go with the second-year quarterback who's obviously showing – now, all of a sudden, that first overall pick pedigree. All right, let me give you one I think you're going to buy. Bengals. Oh, I'm definitely buying them, you're man. Still you still know in. that. Yes, of course. You know why they're depressed? The price is a little bit depressed right now. Everybody's worried about them. They got off to a bad start. And I'm like Joe Burrow. I don't dress like him, thank God. But I will think like him. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. And, and you think this line figures it out? Oh, yes. 
100%. They were already better Thursday night against the Dolphins than they had, than they were the previous two games. You you really enjoyed the two yards of carry by Mixon, huh? Hey, it takes time. You All right. Just relax and stop. Listen, I'm you a Giants I'm fan. I've seen bad O-line play for a decade. I'm out of time. I thought you said you were a foxhole guy. I am, oh, damn okay. it, but I can't take anymore. I want to win games. <laughs> All right. Let's... At least at least when you watch the Bengals, they look like a professional football team. They do. Listen, Especially I root... Especially those, uh, those swanky new uniforms. I, like I love those. I, I, I'm sorry. I know a lot of the new uniforms are ugly. Those were gorgeous, beautiful. Let's go Bucks. Oh, I'm definitely holding them. I'm, but I'm, not buying. Um, yeah, well, you know, I said that they are one of my teams in the NFC Championship game. I am not dropping that. I'm staying with that. And I believe that Tom Brady will lead his team uh, back. Uh, look, I picked, the, I picked them to get all the way there against San Francisco at the beginning of the year. So I am not getting off of that boat, and I am buying them. All right, so I want to do. We'll do an exercise here with the hat trick of New York football: Bills, Giants, Jets. Go down the list. Well, the Bills you're buying and you're keeping. Okay. The Giants you're selling because the Giants should be selling. They should be selling Saquon Barkley uh, as my uh, partner in the morning here at WFAN brought up. Uh, the Giants should be smart and they should trade Saquon Barkley. All right. First of all, I totally agree because you can't pay him. That's, that's his you point. You cannot pay him $18 million a year on a team that is years away from winning. Plus, think fast, name a, a, a second contract for a running back that has worked out. And that, and that was uh, Greg Giannotti's point. So, you know, Gio was like, you know, why, if you could get, if you could get a much higher draft pick in a trade, then you could settle for a compensatory pick if he leaves via free agency, assuming that you actually get one of those. Do you think and he can, makes it through 17 games. Why wouldn't you consider trading him? You think you can get a two and a four? I, I think, uh, you know, a team like Buffalo we talked about here, we were kind of speculating that makes a lot of sense, man. And plus, Joe Shane and Brian Dable came from Buffalo. Uh, they could probably extract maybe two draft picks, you know, because the Giants need picks. And they have to, like, clean out all the, all the – garbage that's here they got to get out from underneath all the salary cap restraints that they've dealt with they're going to be looking for a new you can quarterback. just say kenny galladay if you like well it's it's, <laughs> it's kenny galladay it's daniel jones and it's saquon barkley yeah well and to a certain point it's going to be it's going to be leonard williams you're not going to re-up eventually him again yeah. eventually yeah so that that's why you know you think about a guy who who's at his top of his game because saquon's at the top of his game right yeah. now he has never looked as good as i believe that he that he looks right now. Yeah, and he wants that contract. He's determined. He runs physical. And I think that if you could get two draft picks for him, which I think is possible, go for it. I love it. I just, I would be so encouraged if I were a New York Giants fan, which I am, if Shane had the the, the conviction and the vision and the boldness to do it. Well, the owner would have to let him do it. And That's then, the key. And we got to find out whether or not, you know, Mr. Mara, John Mara, is going to allow him to run the team the way he sees fit. He better, or it's going to be another decade of being bad. Uh, let's go to your final word. What you say after this don't, don't matter. This is the final word. Uh, the final word for me, uh, Mike, is really the unfortunate injury to Tua Tonga-Vailoa and what it does to the rest of the league and how we all now look at it from the outside looking in. Being somebody that was on the inside at one point in time, the reason that they have all these protocols in place is because of my generation and the generations before us and, you, and all the brain injuries and all the problems that you see that have followed these football players around the rest of their lives once they leave the league. So if there's a positive 
it, it kind of heightens the awareness. If it's a negative, um, you know, maybe now teams are going to be overzealous in terms of protecting these players, and we may see players missing more games than we would expect. Do you think there needs to be more, you know, almost like, like a sky judge, and you're seeing it more in college football now where guys get identified as, hey, he may have had his bell rung. Take him out for a minute. Do you think there needs to be more of that? No, the NFL has that. I know, but they more have it. of it. Probably, you know, and I'm sure uh, the commissioner's office sent out a memo to every training staff, to every owner, that we have to be careful about these situations, and we have to make sure that we're transparent and we're also talking openly to the player about, you know, his own health and long-term health prospects. And I'm sure that the NFL has tried to do that over the last 10 years because it's completely different from when I played. Uh, it's a really sad situation, but at least it puts the onus back on the training staff and the doctors to make sure that they're making the right decisions. Well, and you said it earlier, and I think it's it's spot on, too, is everybody wants to blame the teams, everybody wants to blame the league, but there needs to be responsibility to the player, too, because players are their own worst enemy. Take care of your body. Take care of yourself. Like, it's not 1970. It's not, oh, you know, like mm-hmm. you said it. You know when you got your bell. Yes. I hate the term bell rung, but like you you know when something's off. You well, got to protect you, yourself too. You got to be an active participant in your health. And right, and the people around you have got to watch you. Yes. Uh, you know, the interesting thing about this whole tour thing and I'll be real quick here is that he went back in and played the second half against the Bills on Sunday and then turned around and played the game on Thursday night and met with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who said he'd never seen him as happy as he was the night before the game against the Bengals. So, he didn't show any symptoms. We will talk to you next week. More football, more opinions, and the Zach Wilson grading card. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.